Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star Sports Podcast presented by First Federal. It's Monday, August 22nd, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Two preseason games down for the Chiefs, and if you asked for more from the offensive starters, you're just being greedy or have impossible standards. Patrick Mahomes and the fellows scored touchdowns on their first two possessions and then called it a day. That's three touchdowns in three possessions for the starters. Unlike last weekend, the Chiefs went on to win the game Saturday, beating the Washington Commanders at Arrowhead Stadium. After the game, beat writers Herbie Teope and Jesse Newell, along with columnists Sam McDowell and Vahe Gregorian, discussed what we saw and what it means for the Chiefs going forward. You'll also hear from a couple of Chiefs players, tight end Jody Fortson, who caught two touchdown passes Saturday, and kicker Harrison Butker. Butker's interview came earlier in the week when he discussed how he's getting more length on his field goal distance. He hit a 74-yarder in the pregame on Saturday. The show started as a Sports Beat Live. Let's get started. Hey, good evening and welcome to Sports Beat Live, our Chiefs postgame show presented by First Federal. Uh, we are here to talk about the Chiefs' 24-14 victory over the Washington Commanders. Uh, and we're going to do it with Jesse Newell, Herbie T.O.P., Vahe Gregorian, and maybe Sam McDowell will be along in a little while. And we're going to do it with you. Send us your questions and comments and talk about this game with us. Um, and, and Brian, if, and Herbie's already seen Brian's comment. Yes, yes. We've got to kind of keep uh, Herbie at bay for just a little while. Uh, we're going to hear from Herbie on Jody Fortson, and we're going to hear from Jody Fortson himself a little later in the show. I hope, uh, you know, for those of you who have tuned in and, and you've been tuning in from training camp the last week or so, um, uh, you know, I know we start later than like radio or TV post game shows because Jesse and Herbie and Vahe and Sam and I were, were busy writing, right? That's what we do right after the game. We go down and interview players and coaches, then we come up and write. And so it takes us a little while to get on uh, get on the air. So I hope you've been paying attention to uh, the first five minutes or so. We come on actually about five to seven minutes early, and we come on with vi- uh, some video that's been uh, from either the press conference uh, in training camp or today after the game. And we just heard six or seven minutes of Patrick Mahomes at the podium. And I thought it was just fascinating. Um, and Vahe, I think you were uh, kind of influenced by what Mahomes said at the podium and, uh, and, and based a column on it. Yeah. Blair, can you hear me? Yep. You sound good. Um, you know, I, I, I've been thinking about writing about Patrick. That was sort of the idea from a couple plays that, uh, that I thought were telling about his both sort of the seamless adjustment he's had to an entirely new group of receivers, especially when you say today that you don't have McCole Hardman or even the newcomer Juju Smith-Schuster, who we're supposed to expect so much from. Um, and it was not only that Patrick was so fluid, but – also, his improv game was kind of same as it ever was. And that was with guys that really shouldn't know him the way they do right now. And uh, I may be as, um, how shall I say, uh, attuned to Justin Watson as Herbie is to Jody Fortson. But, but I thought there were a couple of pretty special plays there to Justin Watson that called for um, each of them to be on the exact same page in ways – that uh, you can't forecast or even defend to some degree. 
And uh, I think it was also apparent on the two touchdowns to Jody Fortson. The second of which Jody himself said he didn't really know how Mahomes got the ball to him. And uh, I just, I just think uh, even though it's a preseason game that, you know, you can see something in this that, that tells you that they're going to be, they'll, they'll do fine with this diverse uh, offense. I, I just, I just think that, and they've got a couple other parts that are not even part of it yet. This Tyreek Hill less offense. So Jesse, what was your takeaway today? Um, especially on the offensive side. Yes, Herbie, we're going to get to you here in a second. But uh, Jesse, I want to hear from you. It's strange because they've scored touchdowns on all three of their first team possessions. And so you don't really feel like uh, nitpicking the offense. But I think for the course of the season, the Chiefs are going to have to be more efficient. They're going to have to do this, we've talked about, without Tyreek, where they're going to have to get guys open. They're going to have to execute well. They're going to have to run the football a little bit better. And this seemed to me like sort of a Patrick Mahomes magic show again. And again, there's nothing wrong with Patrick Mahomes magic shows. They're, they're fun to watch. It's just, it seemed like there were times where there were two receivers in the same spot during the back foot of Patrick Mahomes drop back. And so he had to scramble around a little bit and then would find a guy Uh, and the running game was non-existent. And then uh, there was another time where a certain executed play didn't work. And so again, Patrick Holmes is running around a little bit and opens up guys and he's so good off platform. He's so good against the script, if you will. Uh, but I, I think for the chiefs, you know, big picture, if we're kind of trying to translate just into the regular season, you know, it's, it's obviously awesome for the chiefs that they've scored three touchdowns every single time that Mahomes still looks like, uh, you know, the best quarterback in the NFL from what we've seen. But I do think they're going to have some good teaching tape from this to look at back and say, hey, uh, here are the certain instances where when it comes week one, week two, week three, you can't be messing this up and you can't rely on Patrick Mahomes to be a complete magician every single time he steps on the field. So it worked for the preseason. It worked for this drive as well. But I do think there's some stuff for the Chiefs to clean up. I will mention this. I'm sure Sam will get back on here at some point. But I thought the Chiefs offensive line uh, was one of the highlights of this game. I know they didn't uh, run the ball very well, but Mahomes had a lot of time. And when he was scrambling is because he had to buy time. But that was not because of pressure coming at him. It was because receivers running into each other and, and kind of not being in the right places. So I thought the offensive line did very good pass blocking. That's what Andy Reid said after the game as well. But uh, it was an interesting game for the Chiefs offense. They succeeded with their first teamers, but I think they'll have to be better in the regular season. Okay, Herbie. Um, I heard uh, Vahe mentioned Justin Watson. We could have talked about uh, – I thought Jarrett McKinnon had a nice reception on a check down from – uh, from Mahomes, um, trying to think of who else made good catches. Um, let's just get right to it. Uh, my KC star of the game was Jody Fortson. And you can tell that uh, people, Cody understands, Brian, Jack, of course. Yes, they, they're all tuned in to your affection for Jody Fortson. So much so that uh, did you you share it, uh, Herbie? What did uh, so Jody Fortune went to the podium after the um, <laughs> you know, after his meeting with the with reporters and what did he say? Well, yeah, he said I appreciate you all, and he spots me and he says I appreciate you, Herbie. You know, I appreciate him as well. <laughs> this isn't about you know. I saw the comment that I cheer in the press box. No, you know, I, I appreciate good football, and I certainly appreciate the tight end position. The other catch that you wanted to mention there was Noah Gray. He also had a pretty right. good catch on an improv play from Patrick Mahomes. This is my biggest takeaway from the first two preseason games, okay? You've got three scores from the first-team offense, all three Patrick Mahomes touchdowns, 
two tight ends, okay? And the, and the running a, a multiple tight end uh, personnel grouping. They've scored out of a 12 personnel. They've scored out of a 13 personnel. I'm waiting for them to, to run the T-Rex with a 14 personnel. If You know, if, if Andy Reid, and we know he is a wizard, he is an absolute wizard when it comes to devising plays. If he has all four tight ends healthy, and Patrick Mahomes mentioned this uh, during his post-game press conference, he says this tight end group can be special. That's, those were his exact words. And he's right because, you know, we wanted to see it last year with the 14 personnel until Fortune went down. But now your primary receivers out of that group there are healthy, and it just gives the Chiefs so many more options on offense, and I can't wait to see it. Heck, I'm ready to go eat some tacos, some street tacos, just thinking about what these tight ends can do. Nobody gets excited about tight ends quite like Herbie T.O.B. That's um, That was evident throughout training camp and uh, uh, loves the position. Uh, all right, Sam, uh, you have uh, checked in. Vahe is uh, working on his computer again. So uh, you, you know, as we do during the game, we talk about what we're all going to write and um, and you switch gears on, on your column topic. So take us through that, Sam. Tell us what you were going to write, what you ended up writing, and why the switch. Yeah, um, well, I was actually going to write about uh, – I, I think Jesse mentioned it because I could hear him as I was finishing up my, my column, but I didn't think the offense was quite as efficient as the scoreboard indicated. And one of the reasons is the running game hasn't been there for the first couple of weeks. Um, so I was going to initially write something along those lines, but – um, you know, studying it more thoroughly, I, the offensive line, I thought, had a hell of a day against a really good defensive front. Now, Washington didn't play Chase Young, um, but they did play um, Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat. I mean, they're three of their four starters combined for 18 sacks a year ago. So it's it's a good group. And the scramble plays just had a different feel than, I mean, we all remember two years ago when Mahomes had to scramble, right? I mean, he was running for his life in that game in Tampa Bay two years ago, just 18 months later, I, I feel like we don't really talk about this group up front all that much, which is, you know, sort of like an umpire referee, the best compliment they can get is you don't mention them all that often. And I think we've gotten there with that, with this group. And the reason Mahomes scrambled today they were clean pockets. He was just trying to get better windows for those wide receivers. And I think his three best moments all came on those sorts of plays where he, the, the phrasing he used, he said, I, I could pat the ball two or three times because he just had such clean pockets today. And this group is obviously the same as last year's group. So I think some people are anticipating it's going to be the same productivity when you look at it, I mean, there's no reason to think that Trey Smith and Creed Humphrey can't be better than they were a year ago. They were both rookies. Orlando Brown is a full-time left tackle for only the second full season um, in his career. So I actually think that this group can be better than than even it was a year ago. And no more indication than, than today out here at Arrowhead. And Mahomes, you talked about Mahomes uh, scrambling a little bit. And, of course, as Vahe was saying, some of his best throws were uh, a little bit ad-libbed. Uh, the, the one throw to, to Watson where he, you know, went left, threw back right. And I loved what Watson said about, uh, I think he told you, Vahe, um, as a wide receiver, you're taught to follow the quarterback when he scrambles out of the pocket. You can't do that with Mahomes. Yeah, it was interesting. It was, it was actually Patrick quoting Justin 
Yeah, that's what it was. Telling him that that most of the time you do that. But Justin spoke about it similarly in, in the locker room. And, uh, you know, Justin actually made a better point about the 39-yard pass, though. He said that he knew where to go without before he even looked back on that play, which that is – I think testimony is something that can be years in the making and something we've marveled about at times with uh, look at the sort of ESP between Travis Kelsey and Patrick. Right. And so you're seeing a little bit of that again, I guess sort of uh, reiterating or being redundant about the point, but you're seeing a little bit about that in a sense that appears before it's time with, with, with a handful of new people. I think that's a great point by um, and the 39 yard pass you mentioned Mahomes had just such a great description of that play because he said in training camp. So that play has two options. Basically one, Justin Watts can cut across the middle one. He can ran the route. You saw him route. That's a little bit. It's like a quasi post route where he, he leads him into an open area, more vertical down the field. And he said in training camp, Justin Watson ran the opposite route and he told him, run that other route instead. And he actually threw the ball to that open spot to tell him that's where that route should be run. And then today that's the route he ran. And I just, first of all, it goes into the education. This is this, I gotta, I gotta like talk through my teeth to say this part, but it goes into the, uh, the smartness of, of the Penn grad, but um, also just the connection that these two guys have formed already. Well, remember we don't, we don't take that intelligence for granted with any of those people. Um, the, you know, the one thing that I think was really interesting about that, and correct me, uh, I'm sure you will, Sam, particularly if you think I, I have this wrong, but when Patrick described that, he talked about it as Justin having either option, right? It wasn't like Justin messed up in camp. He just took the option Absolutely. that Patrick did No, that's think correct. So yeah. th- that's particularly interesting, right? Because it's calling for, uh, you could be theoretically correct doing either one, Right but are you in harmony with the guy who's at the trigger? Yeah. Well stated that, that is, that is the way he described that. Okay. For, for Herbie and the rest of us, uh, we've got about three minutes of Jody Fortson that we want to run. And uh, before we do Christopher uh, score was 24 to 14 and in favor of the chiefs, but uh, let's, let's run this Jody Fortson clip and Herbie, we'll get your reaction to it after money plays the tape. Jody, Hi, everybody. Only two touchdowns today, obviously, and all, but how does it sort of get back in the group of things, especially after the injury that you suffered last year? It's just a blessing, man. I'm just honored to be here. I'm so glad that, you know, the support system and the team and the athletic trainers and the coaches that I've had here, that I still have here, that just were in my corner and never, never let me really get too down on myself. It just feels awesome to get back out here, especially in front of Arrowhead, you know, in front of the best fans out here and score. Talk about the journey, though. I mean, obviously, I can't hear him. Sorry. I don't know if it's actually to talk about the journey that you took, obviously, from the injury that you suffered to get back to where you are right now. I mean, simple and plain, I just kept working. I just stayed down and I just kept working as if I was going to play the following Sunday because I know this is what I want to do. I want to be I want to be the best, best I can be. So I just kept working, and now I'm, you know, I'm out here scoring two touchdowns. You were glad you said you weren't necessarily all that open on either touchdown. I, I wondered if you could describe each of them. It looked like it was a particularly tight window. Patrick 
Well, Patrick is just, you know, one of the greats, you know. He just finds, I felt like he has the best accuracy in the NFL. You know what I'm saying? I feel like, especially on that second one, I, I don't, almost don't even know how he got it in there, but he did. And the first one, he just did a great job of putting the ball where only I can get it. Uh, I got the best quarterback in the league, so, yeah. You talked about going through that journey uh, while you were going through it, the process. Uh, how much did, did Patrick and Travis reach out to you? I know they were all the time, all the time. If uh, There's actually a picture when they were carting me off the field last year. Patrick and uh, Kelsey, they were one of the first people to come up to me and be like, hold your head up, man. It's just, it, it gets greater later. And that's why if you look on my Instagram, I said it gets, it gets greater later, 88. Shout out to, you know, those are, man, two great leaders, man. I remember being in junior college, watching Kelsey score touchdowns and, you know, coming out of Valdosta State, watching Patrick Mahomes win the MVP. So to actually end up coming here and have them two, like, you know what I'm saying, be so high on me and just, I just kind of ask for a better story. Man. Tony, if I'm not mistaken, your touchdowns came in a 12 personnel look and a 13 personnel look. How dangerous can this tight end be? When you're 100% healthy. I'm gonna give all the credit to Coach Reed. You know, Coach Reed does a great job of just finding pieces and finding players and just you know making them exist. I just feel like whatever whatever Coach Reed draws up is gonna work. It's, it could be as dangerous as you know Coach Reed allows us to be, and I feel like he's gonna allow us to be. After that last touchdown, it seemed like Patrick came over to you and was kind of trying to tell you, give you some some kind of pointer on what to do uh, again if that happens. I'm going to say that. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank you. Appreciate it. How cool was that? Uh, I loved his story about Patrick and, and Travis Kelsey. Good, good stuff, Herbie, wasn't it? Yeah, it, and that's just Jody's personality. He's about as humble as can be. you got to understand his journey. You know, from Division II school, a wide receiver is asked to convert to tight end. He had to learn all the nuances of the position. And his growth over the last two seasons, and Sam knows this from when he covered the beat. It's just been tremendous to watch. I think last year Sam actually wrote this story where Dave Tobe told him, hey, if you want to make this team, you got to play better on special teams. And he took it upon himself to learn how to play on special teams. Everything that the Chiefs have asked this guy to do, he's done. You know, And he's done it well, and he's, he's tackled it. He's been humble about it. And you can't help but root for a guy like that. He's, he's the, the best underdog story for me. Well, I'll tell you what, he's, he, he's a heck of a red zone weapon. And uh, that is, uh, look, Chiefs haven't had trouble scoring in the red zone, but now they just add a, you know, a guy who at his size, what is he? Six, six, four, 225 and corner, you know, cornerbacks of NFL size aren't going to be able to cover that when he, when he gets leverage. I mean, he's, that's that's almost automatic. So what, I, what a weapon that is. Yeah, I don't know if you heard me, but on that first touchdown today, uh, when he lined up wide left, I immediately spotted that small defensive back, and I was like, "That's a mismatch." And then, sure enough, Mahomes clearly spotted it because he hit him with the fade pass. I mean, Herbie, you say that's a mismatch, no matter who's guarding Jody Ford. So no. <laughs> hey, you know, I I thought I really liked that Jody made. Uh, the point he made of, was talking about the, the the offense, the way he phrased that about Andy Reid. He's really good at taking parts and 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 pieces and making them exist. I, I really liked how he phrased that. Okay, we got a few more um, aspects of this game we need to get to. We haven't talked about the defense yet, and it played very well. But we'll do that after we hear 
from First Federal. When I bought my first home, I was searching for listings and negotiating all on my own. Now I'm back in the housing market and I could not imagine doing that again. But then I found First Federal Bank of Kansas City's expert loan advisors at FFBKC.com. They were kind, knowledgeable, and available 24-7. My loan advisor answered my questions and helped me feel confident all the way through closing. I trust First Federal Bank because they understand banking is personal. Apply today for a home loan at FFBKC.com homes. First Federal Bank of Kansas City. Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, this is Blair. There are several ways to access the Star Sports section. Let me tell you about a couple of them. There is Sports Pass. For $12.99 a month, you get unlimited digital access to all of the Star Sports content, including beat writing, columns, features, pretty much everything we write. The deal renews monthly until you tell us to cancel. For $159.99 a year, you get everything the Star has to offer digitally, including sports and the E-Edition. Go to KansasCity.com and drop down to the bottom of the page where it says Start a Subscription for more information. Your support has never been more important. As always, thanks for reading and listening. We're back on Sportsbeat Live with Vahe Gregorian, Sam McDowell, Herbie Teope. Jesse Newell has been with us. He's finishing up a story. And Chiefs beat the Washington Commanders 24-14 today here at Arrowhead Stadium. Um, let me get to this comment here. Cody says, it's preseason. It was the Bears and the Commanders, but our defense deserves some love. First time in a while, they don't scare you. And by that, I mean, uh, I, I think you mean that, uh, yeah, they don't scare. Uh, they're, they're, they're a force. They can be a force. So they don't scare the fan. <laughs> they don't scare the Chiefs fan, exactly. Um, so first team unit, I, I think this is right. They mirrored the, the offense. They just played two series with the primary starters and came up with, um, they gave up a couple first downs, uh, I think on both series, but ended up forcing punts from about midfield. And so the game was 14, nothing chiefs when the reserve started to play. What was the best thing today about the defense, Herbie? I, I think for me, when you look at that defense, the ability to pressure the quarterback, you know, you had George Carl Loftus, you know, two straight games with a sack and, and they played today without Chris Jones. Okay. And, and Rashad Fenton left with a, with a groin injury. And then, so, you know, if, if the Chiefs should be okay, if, because they've got Joshua Williams and Jalen Watson, but I, I like the fact that the defense has come out in two straight games and pitch shutouts. Cause that's, that's essentially what they did. You know, heck they went out and ate some street tacos tonight. I'm sure. <laughs> they played really, really well. Anybody stand out, Sam? Yeah, you know, what's what's interesting about this defense is I think that a big point of their offseason, well, we know a big point of their offseason was to get younger. And the reason they wanted to get younger is they wanted to get faster defensively. So they added some pieces. I mean, Justin Reed was their first offseason move. They added, you know, some pieces through the draft as well. I think Cook's going to be a player. But – it's two incumbents for me that are going to make them play faster. Most more, most obviously 
and it's their linebackers. I think Nick Bolton has clearly taken a step forward when you watch him in camp and then on the field today. I think Willie Gay is, is you know, I taught, chatted with him in the locker room after the game. He said it's night and day the difference between year two and year three that it was even a bigger gap between year one and year two from him. He said he's just a guy that has to learn on the field. You know, there's, there's a lot of classroom stuff. He's, he's like, you know, I'm not saying I'm not paying attention to this stuff, but i got to just feel it in action. And so he feels like he's at a place where he's never been. And, you know, last year, I mean, let's face it, Anthony Hitchens is a slower linebacker. And if they want to be faster, and Ben Neiman took a lot of the snaps when, when Anthony Hitchens wasn't on the field. They've gone from those two to playing Willie Gay and Nick Bolton every down. I just think inherently they're going to be a much faster defense because of that. And if those guys can be as productive with the intelligence part of the game because it's it's a complicated defensive system, that's where this defense, I think, can most improve. And Sam, that, that hits at a really interesting point because the quickness really stands out right a lot. And I guess what we could wonder about is to what degree it's because of maybe relatively simple simple schemes that are out there in, in these preseason games, right? And maybe the quickness could become more tentative when things get more complicated. But you got to be quick to be able to have a chance to be quick. And they're, they're really quick, and uh, it seems like the instincts are good. Uh, I don't recall uh, a lot of missed tackles. I feel like things have been pretty sure sure that way. And, again, that'll, that'll get more thorny as we go. But uh, you'd like to see a baseline to start from. That's, that's one of the things that Andy Reid also talked about in the post-game press conference where he mentioned the speed of the defense. He said he likes what he's seen, but he also gave credit to general manager Brett Veach for making speed on defense a priority. When Trent McDuffie got up there, I asked him point blank. I was like, hey, Spagnola's scheme is complex. How close are you guys to just cutting it loose? And he said, you know, since OTAs with all the young players, they all got together and they've been quizzing each other. And he feels like they are close to where they can just play real loose. They're playing fast and they're reacting as opposed to thinking. And <laughs> you can't ask for more than that. I will say, Blair, we we did the uh, what what do we call it the the pump the brakes segment yeah. on um, is that what we called it? Pump the brakes. Yep. Pump or the brakes. Okay. Tap, the tap, went, tap the brakes. Maybe it was tap the tap brakes. the brakes. Okay. Um, whenever Herbie and, and Jesse had to be separated, but <laughs> I, in that spirit, I'll point out that these are the two teams the Chiefs have played are not two of the best offenses in the NFL. I mean, I think the, the bears could end up having the worst offense in the NFL. Washington is at least bottom 10. And so they're going to play a lot better offenses than what they've seen in these two games. I also think that there was, it was significant today that Chris Jones didn't play. I thought, uh, the commanders had a couple of runs early that uh, kind of gashing type of runs. And I'm not sure would have happened if Chris Jones was on the field, Turk Wharton and Derek Noddy were the inside guys today. Um, we'll switch back to the offense for a second because Garth asks if Patrick, does Patrick seem to have a little more zip on the ball? What do you think? Vahe? Is it, uh, I, I don't know if it's, I don't know if there's more zip, but um, he's, he's been pretty darn accurate. Yeah, I don't know if more zip, but I felt like throwing with conviction, right? And and I, I think that might make it look that way. Um, it, it just seemed like I, I don't think he had much doubt where he was going with the ball, even as he had to improv a couple times. I mean, I, 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 I think that's what stood out to me. So it seemed like um, seemed like he, he knew what he's going to do with the ball because he felt like he knew what the receivers were going to do. 
Okay, let's not leave special teams out of this. No big highlights. Uh, Harrison Bucker missed a 53-yard field goal, but he did something in the pregame that I don't know if the Chiefs' uh, cameras caught it, but I know Herbie saw it. Herbie, tell us what Harrison Butker did in the pregame. Hey, this this goes back to the first preseason game in Chicago. We're up in the press box and we're watching him warming up from 60 to 70 plus yards. So today he went back out there again. This is this is in the wake of like maybe two or three days ago. He tells us seven. He feels comfortable from 70 yards. Well, guess what? He did it. <laughs> 68 yards, no problem. They moved back. He's now lining up for a 70 yard, 74 yard field goal. Okay, and and. There's only like Adam Teicher, Matt Derrick, and myself in that press box. We're sitting there watching. They were like, is he going to make this? He hits it. It's got the right distance, and it barely gets over the upright, but he drilled a 74-yard field goal in pregame warm-ups. Obviously, it doesn't count, but, hey, when he says that his range is 70 yards under the right conditions, <laughs> I think that when the Chiefs – if you're in that position, why not send them out there uh, and attempt it if it's, if it's a game, you know, if it's a difference in the game. Right. You know, um, I was we were in the locker room after the game and I was I had my eye on his locker because I wanted to ask him about that. But I was over talking to George Karloftis and you know how far it's a long distance from where Butker's locker is and and Karloftis. So um, apparently Butker got in and out pretty quickly and I didn't get a chance to talk to him. I don't think anybody from our staff did, but I wanted to ask him about that. I wonder if he's ever hit a field goal for even playing around, you know, I wonder if he's ever hit one like that. And what what does that say about the, you know, what where the Chiefs need to be on the field to to trot Harrison out there, right? Do they just but get to the forty, their own forty, and and try one depending on the game situation? That's that changes end of half, you know, scenarios for the Chiefs possibly as well. So, yeah, you know, he's right. When when it was Jesse who talked to him and wrote the story earlier this week, conditions have to be right. You can have a little breeze at your back, and um, but. Gosh darn, 70. I've never heard of a human being hitting a field goal from 74. Uh, that's that's amazing. How far? Remember Blair, we were in Mexico City no. a couple of years ago. How far was that field goal? Do you remember, Sam? When he no, was I do. Yeah, I remember just now that you mentioned it that he nailed. But obviously Mexico City has, you know, the altitude that, that helps yeah. with that. That's it, greater than Denver. I, I do love how, you know, the, the not supposed to we, – we break the you're not supposed to root for stuff. Um, rule because Blair and I, when the Chiefs were at the 45-ish on those first two drives, on they had third downs and we're both going, don't convert this. We just want to see the field goal. You know, 65, whatever yards. We just want to, we just want to see the field goal. Um, and I don't know how many uh, journalists are up in their press box or around the country watching other NFL teams saying, hey, I want to see a field goal in this spot. All right, so uh, I'll tell you what, uh, Monty has informed me that uh, he's got Harrison Butker video that we did not run from the other day explaining why he has uh, been able to put some distance on his kicks. So what we're going to do as we open the show with Patrick Mahomes sound, we're going to close today's show with Harrison Butker. It's about a five and a half minute interview. You won't see Herbie, Sam or I on the other side of it. So we're going to we're going to say uh, goodbye to you. Um, Chiefs, next game is Thursday, 7 o'clock, against the Green Bay Packers at Arrowhead Stadium. And we'll have some information to you about when the postgame show will be. Uh, might even be on Friday. But we're going to talk about that 
Uh, we'll get, we'll let you know about that uh, later this week. So for Monty Davis, the terrific producer and uh, our, our sponsor, First Federal, we're going to say good night. But stay tuned and hear from Harrison Butker. Yeah, definitely. Uh, there's some technique changes I made really early on after the season that I think has contributed to more power. I feel like I'm a more efficient kicker. You know, I, I've always swung really hard, but the ball hasn't necessarily gone as far as I feel like it should for a guy that's 6'4", I think relatively explosive. Uh, I think kickoffs, my leg power really shows, but on field goals, I think I've just changed some technique stuff. So I'm even more efficient. I think the ball is uh, going as far as, as it ever has uh, now for field goals. So. What does that mean? Do you feel like in, in, in regard to field goals, you increased your range even more? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> you know, I feel like I'm hitting 63 yards into the wind when wind's at my back. You know, we've gone to 70, 72. Um, in that Chicago game, we made 68 and 74 was a little short. But I feel like I have a lot of distance now, and that'll hopefully come up this season. Can you walk us through those, those slight alterations in your technique? What made you feel like it was necessary? Yeah. So some of the top guys, you know, let's just say Justin Tucker, if you watch his film, his ball rotation, you see the laces are pretty much in the middle the entire time. If you watch me or some other maybe inefficient kickers, if you're looking at the ball rotation, the laces are way left, way right. The ball's not going completely end over end. So if I put the same amount of energy into a kick and the ball's going end over end versus a lot of energy, same amount of energy into another kick where I maybe have my toe forward. It's not a um, completely flush kick. You know, I want my foot to be perpendicular with the ball. If it's not perpendicular with the ball, the ball's not going to be going end over end. And so it's just not going to go as far. Right. So that's kind of what I mean is being efficient. Um, one way you achieve that is having your foot perpendicular to the ball. And after contact is your foot following the ball. And I think, I have an issue of my, my foot makes contact with the ball and then very early on my foot's going off left. So I'm losing all this energy, whereas now I feel like my foot is following the ball for a lot longer. I'm getting nice rotation. I think I'm getting more energy behind that kick. I thought you had that one against Chicago pregame. Uh, yeah. yeah, you know, the 68 yarder, I didn't even hit well. I was surprised that went in. I think the 70, whatever, two or four was, I hit too high. So it fell a little short. Um, every game, though, I want to know my distance both directions. So the other way, I think we made 61 or 63, and then the direction with the wind. I want to see what that is. So halftime, end of a end of a game, you know, the coaches can feel confident putting me out there for a 70 yarder if I showed that in warm up. You talked about you talked about efficiency. Uh, you got a guy Justin Reed that's campaigning to be your backup. How efficient was he when you watched his take on that? It's crazy because he's actually not very efficient, but the ball goes so far. You know what I'm saying? He's, it was probably, it was phase two. He got a kick in the indoor and he told me, you know, you know, I love the specialists. I kicked a lot with Kaimi, with the Texans. And I think I had seen some videos of him kicking, but in the indoor, he was just bombing balls with a ton of height. Uh, so I knew he had a big leg and I just thought, you know, he just wanted to kick some footballs and, you know, he just naturally has the technique come to find out he played, you know, travel soccer all throughout high school. So he, he got that rhythm and technique from a young age, but he's got a big leg. Um, and I think it's just fine tuning it. And if I was him, I would take advantage, you know, of, of Tommy and me and learn as much as he can from us. Cause he made an extra point when the pressure was on in preseason. So I'm all for it. I'm all for evolving 
the game of, of kicking and, and pushing the limits. And so to, to have more people that are enthusiastic about being kickers, I'm, I'm all for it. Do we, do we have an invitation to the, to the special teams meetings? I'm, I'm sure I'm sure he's busy during that time with the with the safeties but no we love it I mean Tommy coaches me up I help Tommy out you know we just spend so much time together and we kind of understand um kicking and everything I think oh, it's my, my children yelling at me I was wondering it sounds familiar uh yeah you know the elation of making a kick well yeah you gave Justin a hug can you just describe what it was like to see his elation in a game that you know is yeah. You, you have so many people that hit you up on Twitter, Instagram saying, man, I'm going to take your job, you know, because I made a kick in on a high school field. Right. But to do it in a game, that, that's super impressive. You know, these stadiums, they generate wind, you know, fields can be different than just a, a turf field. And he went out there and he made the kick with, when the pressure was on. Nobody blocked the kick. So I'll, I'm super pumped for him. I know how difficult that is to go out there and execute when he doesn't really practice it. And he <laughs> Some guys have been out this week, right? What yeah. can you guys gain from being able to go out there and have Travis snap the ball or, or snap or someone else hold? What, what can you gain from that? Uh, I think it's great for all of us. You know, I, I haven't kicked with a different snapper. Maybe I'll get some, some reps in uh, tomorrow. But it's great for Tommy to be able to confidently be in there and know if something happens, knock on wood, to James, there can be a backup that can fill in for the rest of the game and we can still get by. You know, Kelsey's a great athlete. He was able to get some great snaps in. Gore did a, a good job as well. Um, but if we ever needed to get through a game, it's nice to know that those guys can kind of take over for us and fill in. It's interesting time with uh, Are you are you okay there? Yeah, yeah uh, I, I was able to kick today and I'll kick tomorrow. And I think it was just precautionary, uh, just resting from coming off a game and just giving it time to, to go. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our Sportsbeat KC production staff of Monty Davis, Randy Mason, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Fickett. A shout-out to First Federal. Their website is ffbkc.com. Tip of the cap to Herbie Teope, Jesse Newell, Vahe Gregorian, and Sam McDowell for sharing their insights. Coverage of the Chiefs game is in this morning's Kansas City Star, but it started in the Sunday morning sports edition, part of the 39 pages of local national and international sports coverage that day check it out at liveedition.kansascity.com thanks for listening and we'll be back soon with another sports beat cases